Welcome to Season 1, Episode 8 of Small Nose, Ruminations of a Misanthrope. No, I feel it is happy what's in the dinner feel serious. Snail or oish, the merfliness near on a host serious, sending his house sitting in Part 1. Things where you pay to make stuff. At some point, I will probably do an entire podcast on cruise ships. The horror, oh, the utter horror. Trapped on a boat with 3,000 other humans. The only way I would get on is if I was in a medically induced coma. It's interesting, I was chatting to a colleague the other day who mentioned that she had been on a cruise ship and was now confirming her bias towards that type of holiday by telling me about all of the good parts of her experience. One such experience struck me as very strange. She went on a cocktail-making course. On the outset, I wasn't too averse to the concept, depending on how much Valium I'd taken and how many people were there, but she then mentioned that they had to pay for the aforementioned cocktail course and all of a sudden my perspective did a complete u-turn she said it was 250 dollars per person but you get to make and drink five cocktails what the fuck if i'm paying 250 dollars for five cocktails i'm not making the cunts that's what the barman's job is what a total waste of time i could just go to the bar and order 12 cocktails for that and not have to make them blows my mind same with those things where you pay to cook a meal with other people Fuck that. Part two. Marvel. How many fucking Marvel movies do we need? Seriously, will it ever end? Constantly rehashing the same drivel six times a year. Fucking ants, spiders, beetles with superpowers moving through time talking trees sick of it it's like the 21st century version of the a-team where each episode was pretty much exactly the same i can't bear it anymore how many more insect-based heroes dressed like cunts do we have to endure before the novelty wears off part three burglars i was reminiscing joyfully the other day about the covid lockdowns God, they were the days. They were so good. Minimal interaction with the outside world. I can't wait for the next pandemic. Although I hope they take a bit longer to develop the vaccine this time. Fucking scientists. There's always someone who has to spoil it for everyone else. But while thinking about the good old days of COVID, I was wondering if burglars still burgled in lockdown. Part of me thinks no, because everyone's at home. But part of me thinks that wouldn't have stopped the morally bankrupt scoundrels robbing a TV to get the next fix of scag or whatever it is they inject into their eyes. If you're a burglar, would you mind emailing smallnosepodcast at gmail.com and letting me know what your arrangements were during COVID, please? Thanks. Part 4. Selling things. I've been in the unfortunate position where I have to sell things via the medium of Facebook Marketplace of late. My standard protocol for disposing of items I no longer need is simply to put them in the bin. But on occasions there are items which are simply too high in value, in my opinion, to simply discard. 
upon uploading pictures and a description and price, there is the option to make the listing go live. The impending dread and fear that rise up prior to and upon pressing go live button are fairly hard to describe as I'm opening myself up to other people who undoubtedly ask idiotic questions and use poor grammar. The initial barrage of idiocy is usually quite soon after the ad goes live. The most common one is, is it still available? Surely, if the ad is still on Facebook, it would be logical to assume that yes, it is still available. I fail to understand how this is any way vexing for anyone. It's like going in a shop that is open and asking if they're open. I don't know. Anyway, maybe it's just an icebreaker. Anyway, the next issue I seem to come across is people that just send some numbers. Example, I'm selling something for $500 and I'll get a random message out of the blue that just says 200 I think they're trying to offer me a lot less than the value of the actual item that I'm selling, but can't be 100% sure because there are no words accompanying the aforementioned number. I recall selling a large piece of furniture once. I had the usual back and forth with the moron who wanted to purchase it. They asked the location, which I clearly stipulated in the ad. Upon making them aware again of my location, they asked the question, how am I going to get it home? How is this in any way my concern? I don't fucking care how you get it home. I just want the money. How it travels through space is your problem. Then there are people that ask questions about it that are clearly already apparent in the ad. It's a fucking nightmare. I fucking hate it so much. Part 5. Electric Cars It's hard to ignore the prevalence of electric cars on our roads of late, usually accompanied by smug drivers in turtleneck tops thinking they are saving the planet. What they fail to realise is that they have been duped by the marketing teams at their respective electric car companies into believing that their cars are emitting zero emissions. I'm amazed at this. Do they not realise that when they plug their car into charge, that the batteries are being charged by coal-fired power stations? Oh, and they look shit. Still no reviews, but we've had a couple of emails come in. One from Simon Hardy Wise. Simon says, Dear Small Nose Podcast, in episode 7, you chastised Fleetwood Mac polyamorous bisexual concubine Stephanie Lynn Nix, or Stevie Nix, as she is more commonly known, for her bad weather knowledge. More specifically, her lyrics about thunder only happening when it rains. I would like to raise two points. You said that the song Dreams was from 1976. Incorrect. It was released in 1977 on their 12th studio album, Rumours. Secondly, the line, thunder only happens when it's raining, is purely metaphorical and not intended to be taken as a meteorological fact. Artistic licence, if you will. Your podcast is terrible, by the way. Best regards, Simon Hardy Wise. Thanks for the email, Simon. Although, I'm going to pull you up on a couple of areas. The first being the anthology of the song. Hat-wearing Bozo Nix actually penned the song in 1976. However, it wasn't released until 1977. Secondly, Rumours, where the aforementioned song was featured, has sold nigh on 40 million copies worldwide. And as of the time of writing this podcast has been played 1.5 billion times on Spotify. Given the population of Earth is 7.8 billion, 
And of that 7.8 billion, 1.35 are English speaking. And of that 1.35 billion, only 23% or 360 million have English as their first language. I think it raises some serious questions about spreading false narratives, Simon. When artists have a platform of max size, in my opinion, they have a responsibility to curate their words carefully. At least the album should come with a warning like may contain inaccurate meteorological depictions. For accurate meteorological information, please contact a meteorologist. And then maybe we could have a list of some phone numbers of meteorologists on the label. You'd have to get their consent, of course. And yeah, okay, artistic license, a very valid point. But you have to draw a line, Simon. On Chris Brown's song, Fine China, he stipulates that he's not dangerous. Well, you only have to Google Chris's checkered past of violence to see that this is clearly not true, Simon. Granted, Rihanna would probably push my buttons. But, but Simon, it's no excuse to give her a right good pasting. Okay, you've got another email from Anonymous. Their email address is sallynewman1984 at gmail.com. That's Newman, N-E-W-M-A-N. Sally says, Dear Small Nose, I was disappointed to hear you sex-shaming the fisting community in episode 7 of Small Nose. I think you ignorantly represented the fisting community. It is more nuanced than just ramming a fist into a vagina or rectum. There are certain techniques like the silent duck, also called duck billing, which is a technique often used in which the person engaging in hand insertion shapes the hand to resemble a duck's beak. Typically, fisting does not involve forcing the clenched fist into the vagina or rectum. This is a practice called punching. Instead, all five fingers are kept straight and held as close together as possible, forming the beak-like duck, then slowly inserted into a well-lubricated vagina or rectum. In more vigorous forms of fisting, such as punching or punch fisting, a fully clenched fist may be inserted and withdrawn slowly. Fistees who are more experienced may take two fists, double fisting. In the case of double fisting, pleasure is derived more from stretching of the anus or vagina than from the in and out movement of the hands. Things aren't always black and white, and I suggest you do a bit more research before propagating your ignorant opinions onto your listeners. We're all different and individual and have different preferences. Please be respectful and mindful of this in the future. By the way, your podcast is fucking awful. Regards, Anonymous. Well, thanks, Sally. As always, feedback is welcome. I had no idea that there were so many elements to fisting. You have soundly revealed my ignorance on this particular subject. However, I'm not going to apologise for my opinion, Sally. And actually, I wonder if Sally enjoys duck-billing, punch-punch-fisting or double-fisting herself, so is exercising her confirmation bias. Maybe let us know, Sally, so we can let everyone know who listens whether or not you like fisting. And if so, are you the fister or the fistee? Okay, I think that deals with all of the the emails and everything. Um, Thanks, then. (laughs) 